welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I sit down with Jermaine Olinois. He is a photographer and creative visionary based in Portland, Oregon. In this conversation, we discuss language and the sacred exchange of communication what it was like growing up in a Nigerian household, and our duty to nurture the growth of our creative community. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presence. Welcome to Opening Presence. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am joined by Jermaine Ulunwa. Did I get it right? Yeah, you got it right. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> we just went over this pronunciation like six seconds ago. I'm glad I didn't get amnesia on the way. I'm glad you didn't either. You know, uh, growing up, it's kind of funny when people are asked like, hey, how do you say your last name? I'd hear so many different things. You know, like Giannis Antetokounmpo? Yeah. yeah. Same thing. So people will look at it and they find it difficult to say. They'll be like, oh, it's a Olinawa. Or, yeah, they just butcher it. And I'm just, and I'm looking at it. And, you know, I own the name. So it's kind of like, how did you get that wrong? It looks so easy to say. But now when I look at it, I'm just like, okay, well, you know, it's very uncommon. It's a very, it's a foreign name. You know, so it's understandable, but still, I'm like, if you pronounce it phonetic, phonetically, you should be able to. Sure. Or, like, my role on that is just copy what the person just said in front of you, <laughs> you know, instead yeah, of this yeah, willful yeah. ignorance and trying to put your own spice on it mm. just for the sake of fuckery. Yeah. It's like, yo, just copy what that person said yeah, exactly. every single time. Mm-hmm. And you'll never get it wrong. Yeah. But people just want to just add some stuff on it. They want to add some spice. And it's like, a lot of the times it's like their memory too. Like, I remember when Manti Teo was coming out of, like, playing at Notre Dame. Yeah. And all the sports announcers would always say Teow, like Junior oh, Seau, yeah. just because they're both Polynesian. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's the same thing, even though it's not spelled the same. But, yeah. like, their memory just they just write it off into that. And like, I'll listen to like football games and stuff. And it's like mispronouncing guys' names. And I'm like, yo, that's your job is mm-hmm. to, to know these guys' names. And it's pretty obvious that you're butchering it. Yeah. And I think like if people took the time to actually, you know, find out, especially if you have a public office like that, being a sports announcer, I think it's your duty and your job to find out like, Hey, how do you pronounce this person's name? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and not be embarrassed about not knowing how to pronounce it. You know, I, I like I see like sometimes I hear Charles Barkley and he's just, you know, just butchering people's last name and just laughing and not <laughs> caring about it. I'm just like there has to be some type of effort because once you show the effort, like people appreciate you for mm-hmm. that. It's like even learning a different language, you know, like, yeah, it's difficult. But once you take the time and, you know. And even saying like a couple basic words, people are just like, wow, that's great. Like, I'm not fluent in Spanish, you know. And I come from a household where we have our own language. It's Igbo and Nigerian. 
but it's just like when I go out sometimes and I talk to people in hotels and I speak to them in like Spanish or you know whatever their language may be they get surprised mm -hmm. and they're just like wow you know they show gratitude and it's even to the point where they actually start doing things doing more for you because you went in kind of I, I think it's like oh you see me mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I'm not just a worker here you see me as an individual like you understand like you want to communicate with me and you're making the effort to communicate with me and I appreciate that mm -hmm. yeah that little effort goes a very long way yeah I grew up I went to uh, high school and I, I took Spanish and that was mm -hmm. my language and I did another like three four years in college and yeah. just how quickly like those skills atrophy if you don't use them because mm -hmm. it's like Looking back now, I'm like, oh, I wish I just got a Spanish degree, yeah. a degree in Spanish, because it's like, yeah. that's the one thing that's missing now when I go down to Mexico. I go to, mm -hmm. I've been to Mexico, like, over the last, like, three years, like, three or four times. Yeah. And it's like, it's very consistent um, being down there, and mm -hmm. it's just, like, the, the vibrancy of the people, you can, like, see the soul in their eyes, and I'm like, yeah. it's a different energy. But that's the one thing that I'm missing, is that that communication because it's like i feel you i feel you yeah. but it's like i could barely like rattle off like a couple of sentences i could just mm -hmm. talk about like like my name where i came from like yeah. what i grew up doing what food i like and mm -hmm. like who's in my family yeah. and how long i studied at the university like that's yeah. basically like the the spiel that i give every time but it's like mm -hmm. yo i want to like sit there and like go deeper um but yeah like it, that's the that's the one thing where it's like yo like think of there's more spanish speakers in in the world than than english speakers yeah there is um at least i think i may just be throwing that out no, there but I, it's like you 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 open yourself up to more of the world when you know more languages once you're able to learn the language you become a citizen of the world i believe and um just understanding and making that wholehearted effort to communicate with others mm -hmm. uh to making that connection to also understand you know their background their culture and everything i think in america we lack that empathy with others when it comes to language we make fun of people when they mm -hmm. <laughs> mispronounce things you know it's fun like it's it's fun to like you know oh this person mispronounced water like i have friends from the south <laughs> water they, yeah they'll say something like watermelon you know what i mean like yeah. they can't say watermelon yeah um so we make fun of, you know, make fun of people uh, in that regard. But it's difficult to learn the English language just because of its construction. Um, yeah. So all I think is, you know, you know, just have some grace with people that are trying to communicate with you, but also follow through with your effort as an individual to communicate with those people as well, too, whether it be French, whether it be Chinese. I mean, well, not Chinese, Mandarin, I should say, not Chinese. Uh, you know, Japanese, whatever language that you're interested in, like definitely go in and make the effort to learn it. Yeah, we have such the hubris that we'll go to another country and get mad at people for not speaking English. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, are you serious? Like, yeah, they're I mean, trying. Like, you're in another country <laughs> and you're trying to communicate, and you're getting mad because they don't speak English. I'm yeah. like, like, look where you're standing. I mean, it was, you know, it's the I. It's just what the American culture has like ingrained in us that yeah, we are the best. We yeah. are entitled. Yeah. You know, how dare you not know what English is because we are the most dominant country in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where that that's where that 
behavior comes from. That's where that mentality comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and the world looks at America like, man, you guys are bullies. You know, we have <laughs> all these people over here and you guys can't even learn our language, but we can learn yours. Sure. You know, so. It sounds like being black in America. Yes. <laughs> being black in America. Yeah. I think oh, along that same topic, it's like, I guess like I grew up in like this, like California and it's like mm. surfer dude, da, 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 yeah. but very like, like proper vernaculars and all that mm-hmm. kind of shit but like did you get made fun of for having yeah i was vernacular? the white i was the i was the white boy <laughs> <laughs> i was the fucking black dude that's the white boy of course that's my whole the whole like not black enough for yeah. for the black kids and obviously not white so yeah. just like a, like being in the middle of everything and, yeah uh but like as i've grown older like i don't like there would be like a, a point where I was like, oh, actually, like this is how this is pronounced, or mm-hmm. like, or or whatever, like like listening to people speak, and it's like, oh, like ain't isn't a word, like yeah. that kind of bullshit. Yeah. But like thinking like nowadays, like when I experience um, someone else's way of speaking, mm-hmm. I'm listening to intention. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying attention to how someone gets something across Mm -hmm. like that's like the most like shallow thing that's not even speaking to the thing that they're talking about really it's like what is the intention behind this person speaking because they're just communicating how they grew up communicating whether that's like mirroring their parents or their schooling or the environment like like you said like people in the south have different ways of speaking like city like people in new york way Mm -hmm. different than west coast like people in idaho in the mountains or in different countries so everyone like we're all humans and we all have like very similar experiences so behind like don't get seduced by the way that someone's style of communication it's like feel what they're saying and you can you can piece things together even if it's not something that you're used to yeah and it's kind of it's kind of interesting what you said too because even in other countries they also experience you know like different regions and how that uh in regions how people communicate and they hear the different accents or different dialects and they're just like oh you said this word this way. Where are you from? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's That's a conversation like, starter. It is a conversation starter. It's like, whoa, I've never, you know, I've been experienced to this. This is my community, but I know you're outside of my community because of what you said and how you carry yourself, what you're wearing, the type of job that you do, and all the other types of people that you communicate and come in contact with. Mm-hmm. What's your story about? Let's communicate about that. Yeah. Well, speaking of what your what's your story, and let's communicate about that. <laughs> I knew this question was up. <laughs> what's it like growing up in a Nigerian household? Oh man! In in kind of just get the breakdown of your family, because I'm uh, I'm acutely aware of like your very talented yeah. family and siblings, and yeah. and just doing a lot of eclectic uh, things. But mm. what was life like for you growing up in your siblings? Oh man, life for us growing up, I would say. It's a uh, man. This is a tough question, Aaron. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I would say it was it was the best. It's the best of worlds because given what. Uh, so my parents emigrated from Nigeria back in the eighties, and they brought they came here in pursuit of uh, education and a better life for us down the road. And so, growing up in a Nigerian household, you have to make sure. Like, even before you're born, you have to make sure that you are 
excellent. Like they will ingrain excellence in you. They demand excellence out of you. Everything you do, the way that you brush your teeth, the way that you wash your clothes, the way that you wash your dishes, everything has to be spot on. It can't, you cannot have an error. And if you do, they will remind you every single <laughs> oh day. And they let you know like, hey, you know, this is what I expect because you think it's tough here. Wait till you get outside. When you get outside, it's even harder. You know, you have to work two times harder than everybody else in this room because your name means something. Your name is great. So having to like live up, it's kind of like, the Jackson Fives. Mm -hmm. You see how like Joe Jackson was like mm -hmm. on Jermaine and Michael and Tito and all his other brothers and his sisters to a lesser degree. It was like that, but two times. Mm -hmm. We didn't get whipped as much. <laughs> 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 but it's just like, you know, it was told every day, like, you need to do this because this is going to be beneficial to you in the future. And I think growing up in that house is what has led to the greatness that you've witnessed yourself between uh, my family. Like mm -hmm. I have a dope brother, his name is Fillmore. Um, great photographer, great creative director, just killing it right now. And then I have two other brothers named Beloved and Delight that are currently making a video game called Kaizen Creed, which to me is mind blowing. Wild. I feel like that game is gonna change the world. I, just for I know I'm biased, but that's just how I feel about it, and it's just exciting to uh, see and witness. And then I have my two other sisters. One is uh, becoming a seamstress; she's doing her own clothes and making her own clothes. And um, I have a sister right now that's making. Oh man! So I gotta say their names because people are. I'm acting like everybody knows who I'm talking about. So my sister Gifty, she's a seamstress. Uh, right now she's um, in Arizona, and she's makes beautiful designs and sews and taught herself how to do it. And she's going to school for it currently. And then I have a sister named Godlin. And I know people, when they hear this, they're going to be like, man, they have very interesting names. But yeah, so I have uh, my sister Godlin and she's a photographer as well. And she's also studying to be a clinic, uh, clinical lab technician right now. So mm -hmm. in the, uh, in the medical field right now. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my and I have a sister named Chibia who's uh, in town right now. She recently got married, um, and we had such a great time um, seeing their union uh, with her husband, Alex, who's a phenomenal gentleman, mm. um, and they make music together. That's awesome, though, yeah. that, that, like, these values were instilled but, like, communicated. It's, mm -hmm. like, the idea that of being told, like, this is why we work hard and yeah. our name means something mm -hmm. and it instilling like a sense of pride behind it yeah. rather than just do what I say just because yeah. I say so. But we took it as that. You see sure, yeah, sure. So we took it as that. I took it as that. But as I grew up, I realized like, oh, no, it's like what you said, mm -hmm. you know, um, having greatness instilled in you from jump. You need that. Mm -hmm. Someone that believes in you all the time yeah dude like like that the idea I, can, I don't have any memory of like my father like sitting down and be like so, so aaron this is what the robinson name means and yeah. this is why we do x y and z and yeah. let me like teach you how to like like 
to shave or, or mm. like this is what sex is like i didn't get the talk i didn't i didn't get, get the talk either okay so you <laughs> okay so we all figured it out on our own we, figure, we all figured it out on our own especially being the oldest out of uh 10 kids like 10 yeah 10 damn did you mention all of the kids i, <laughs> I, I like you I, I saw you caught one you're like oh i forgot <laughs> yeah i forgot i, forgot. I, I forgot. went to the wedding and everything <laughs> you know so yeah being the oldest out of 10 like um you have to do a lot of self-discovery yourself. Sure. I remember one time I tried to ask my dad about uh, a subject along those lines. <laughs> he just like completely ignored me. I feel like in his head, he's like, why is this foolish boy asking me this question <laughs> right now? You know, so I just feel, uh, I don't know where, where that stems from. I, I, I just think it's probably um, something that isn't, of importance to them even though it is it's a very important subject but i just don't feel like parents of that generation are very comfortable or being open about talking about those type of subjects mm-hmm. because of the degree of integrity that they have like you your mind should be completely spotless like sure. your room you know so i think that's where that stems from and it's just i've never had that conversation so i had to figure everything out and um it's hard to do and learn things um, by yourself without that kind of Yeah, guidance. that was going to be like the follow-up. Because yeah. like being like the oldest out of 10, it's mm. like you get to walk through every single door without any reference point. Yeah. And like your younger brother's like... They like, see you. I, they watch it's you. It's just like, oh, like you get to kick through the door and then like get back the message of like, yeah. oh yeah, that's what that door mm-hmm. happens. But walk through it yourself just yeah. so you know what the experience is. But then to not have, like I just have uh, a younger brother, but it's like we're two years apart and we're like completely like different personalities. But I don't feel like it was like an isolated um, experience because he was mm-hmm. like close enough and it's like uh, for your experience. I think there's a whole different context and connotation when it comes to uh, being an American citizen and, yeah. and uh, instilling these values, but then like you walking through yeah. this culture yeah. alone. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I I can only have empathy for that Man, experience. It's tough. Like I felt so, like part of my life, I felt like two or sometimes three different people. Mm. You know, like you have once you step out of American culture, that's American culture. But once you come back to your house, like you're living Nigerian culture. So it was going flipping <laughs> between both was hard because there were things like what my American friends would do. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I want to go over to Jimmy's and play video games where I'd be like, hey, mom, can I go over to Jimmy's house and play? She'd be like, no. Or my dad would say no. All the fun stuff that American kids wanted to do and got to do. It was like, no, you mm. need to be in those books. You mm. need to read, you know, like that's not for you that's for them mm-hmm. you know certain things apply to them and not us mm-hmm. in a sense where do you feel like those different versions of self like kind of became one person or do you f- still feel like there's like the separateness there still has uh i feel like there's a. that's a very interesting way to put that question um, because it's like, I'm living this life as myself, right? So accepting the fact that I do have a separate culture outside of American culture, it's adapting 
both of them together. So I'm at a place where I recognize both and I live by both seamlessly. Now, when I was growing up, that was different because I didn't have the experience. I didn't know what was going going on. Um, and it was it was a challenge, like living <laughs> a dual life. Um, and I can't even explain what that is, but the experience is like wearing a mask and being like, oh, yeah, we do all this. We do this things like hanging out or whatever, wearing name brands adopting name brands the type of food that we eat the type of food that i would eat at home is different from what i would eat when i'm outside with friends mm-hmm. the type of movies that we would watch or the type of conversations that we would have far drastically different from the conversations that i'll have with my friends in school mm-hmm. um, those are you know like minor examples even down to like traditional dress um like right now i'm you know i'm wearing uh american clothing right now if i was back home i'd be wearing you know traditional clothing Mm-hmm. things like that uh, so I mean there's like certain nuances to um, culture and growing up I would say sure was there I'm sure like in a lot of experiences and mine included like being mm. lost in um, I guess like the more popular culture and just like finding like establishing like friendships and stuff yeah. navigating friendships because I found myself like in a completely non-me pocket for most of my life like Mm -hmm. i was friends with people that it was like through proximity through sports yeah and like our parents knew each other but that was like the basis of like my a lot of my friendships growing up Mm -hmm. and it shaped me until like until like i find i would say like until like i finally like moved to portland at like 20 25 26 like there Mm -hmm. was never like a point where i was like yeah this is like like I feel comfortable and confident in the relationships that I'm building and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But did you have that moment of like, oh, like I'm going way off into this area where it's like I'm not resonating um, with the people, and you had to like kind of take that self inquiry and be like, oh, like let me like kind of take two steps back and discern what I what is truly me. Like who like who is Jermaine? Yeah, I think uh, here in Portland, um, dealing with white culture. Uh, was very interesting because it's all about how much money you make, who the connections that you have, um, what can I benefit from doing certain actions and how do you hold yourself in these spaces. And like in these circles, how I knew how I knew it was I was the oddball in these circles because I don't go to a circle and I'm just like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm better than you or I'm different from you. I go to these circles like, you know, looking and just trying to be that, be who I am in these group settings. But what I usually, usually would get, especially when it comes to Africans and black Americans is like, Oh, you know, Jermaine, you're so easy to talk to. You know, I, find it very uh refreshing that I can talk to you as a black person so and I would sometimes at first I took that as a compliment but then I was getting kind of offended at that notion it's just like oh why do you think that because you think because I you know I have a proper diction or the way that I hold myself you think I'm better than my uh my black American counterparts just because you feel you feel safe around me or because uh, you, they, you have this type of perception about black people 
in a sense. So that used to that's that would be one of the um, um, instances where I felt like, yeah, this is not me. Like I can't be friends with these with these type of people that think this way mm-hmm. because it's race. That's micro. You know, that's a microaggression. That's that's racism. I should be proud because I behave a different way from my friends. Yeah, like that's not cool. You know, so I've had that experience uh, where their actions did not resonate with me and I had to step out. Mm -hmm. I've lost a lot of like, (laughs) I've lost a lot of friends growing up in high school because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to name any names, you know. (laughs) Air it out. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to air out the clip. Um, But yeah, it was a, that, that was a eye opener. Um, Just realizing where that comes from mm-hmm. and understanding where that comes from. Yeah. And that it's like initiated when it's not even something that you're considering or no, thinking not, about. Exactly. And when pre- people, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, it's a program that they're running, but yeah. it's like something that they've contemplated and that they've, and they've brought been thinking to you. about this yeah. the whole yeah. time. And I'm like, what are we creating? What are we doing? Yes. How are we building? How are we connecting? Mm-hmm. And then we're going to take this segue and you're going to take us in this different direction. Yes. That's like questioning, like my worthiness within a landscape mm-hmm. of your past experiences and your projections and how I break that mold mm-hmm. in a sense. And it's like, what like you didn't what did you expect yeah. like what did you expect of me and exactly. it's like the fact that i shattered your expectation i'm like like wow, you're and you need in- to tell me wow and, you're pretty intelligent for yeah, a black man yeah it's like and you need to tell me that <laughs> yeah like you need to tell me like hey like yeah. you're actually like pretty good yeah like, yeah you're pretty yeah, cool you're pretty good yeah you're yeah, pretty you're good, good. Yeah, yeah you're a good one like you could be one of us yeah you, you know like <laughs> but not but, but not, not. But, yeah. no, no, no. but no, but like, don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> yeah, like that kind of like ignorant bullshit that yeah. we experience. Get it all the time. Sometimes I'll just be minding my business, and that'll we'll have a conversation, and for whatever reason, that segue comes up. It's a pattern mm-hmm. to the point sometimes where I don't even like to have small talk because of that fear of having that um, comparison. Mm -hmm. all the time yeah it's just like a lack of creativity Mm -hmm. it's just like you i I think it's just like a limited palette it's like you're only like when i don't know as like worldly like people Mm -hmm. it's like i'm gonna grab like that like color way over there on the palette and i'm gonna go way over there Mm -hmm. and like these are like broad strokes and experiences and living a rich colorful life but then like in homogenized culture white culture portland it's like they've have like the same like primary colors and they didn't have the experience of mixing those colors to make new colors yeah so they're literally just like working in isolation Mm -hmm. with these limited resources of of experience yeah and of diction Mm -hmm. and that's where they put their foot in their mouth because it's like their world is so small. Yeah. And it's like when they see people like us and experience people like us, it's like just blows their Their fucking mind. mind. They're like, wait, this, this can't happen based off of this palette that I've had this whole time because I've Mm. been told and reaffirmed that I'm right with everything that I say and what I do. And it just doesn't compute. It doesn't doesn't add up. Like, how is this 
like miracle how does king, this, how's this, how's this happen <laughs> so i need to i need to justify like how it's wrong or how it's an anomaly mm-hmm. based off of this limited palette that i yeah. that i have and all that to say like i hope um that that changes i hope that uh the white community in portland gets to a point where they're exposed to where they're more comfortable being themselves mm-hmm. around uh different people different uh people from uh, different backgrounds and uh that have things to offer like have an open mind um and expand yeah that's your, an internal journey for them though uh, it's like i can't hold your hand no across that shit like Mm-mm. and it's and it's fucking exhausting like to deal with like someone's existential like reaction that Mm -hmm. i see every single time where they have to contemplate what it is they're experiencing in another human being breathing Mm -hmm. across from them i'm like yo like you're a fucking middle-aged person it's like get over your fucking self i mean we live in the uh, information age so it's like if you really wanted to change your attitude and your behavior or you know wanting to learn what it is just go out there and read mm-hmm. read travel those are the two biggest things reading and traveling yeah Most and definitely. stepping outside of your comfort zone yeah but when you get you get rewarded for following the script like that you the united states gives you like the script of like you could be mediocre and white and successful they're mm-hmm. like oh fuck i don't gotta do shit <laughs> and i get like <laughs> Like my, I get loans. I get, yeah. I get everything that I need, and I don't have to expand my mind. Mm-hmm. You don't I can have, sit here and be he, a normal, regular, boring, mediocre white person, and you get everything you want. I feel like with that, it's easier for them because it's just like, I if I don't have to deal with that, and I, you know, I don't have to step outside of my comfort zone. Like if I can be in my house all day, every day, and didn't have to leave, and I had everything that I needed, what I need to leave. So it's kind of like that same mentality. It's just like, yeah, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to stay right here in my castle with these walls, and I'll be chill. Mm-hmm. And even if I do step outside to get a breath of fresh air. <laughs> There's going to be Jermaine outside of the door because you walked up to the wrong house. So on this podcast, it's so funny because I just released a podcast that was talking about how the guy, the guy across the street, the house that you walked up to, uh-huh. um, I've been living here for like over a year yeah. and like we've, we've seen each other a million times, but mm-hmm. he's never like said hi to me until like, wow. until like a couple weeks ago where we were parking at the exact same time, getting out of the car at the exact same time. And that was the only time that he ever was just like, Hey, how's it going? My name's Dan. I'm like a year later. Wow. A year later. So like what was in my head, like when you were <laughs> like, when I saw you walking over there, yeah. I'm just like, Oh, like they would fucking have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> it's just like this. Yeah. This, this, I don't even know. It's just Portland's full filled with them. There's yeah. uh someone that I just met um at an art event mm. that says uh and I'll probably have them on the podcast, but yeah. they call it Portland has a lot of people with puddle face. What is that? What's that mean? It's kind of like it's I may do a bad job, but I'll have them like explain it. Yeah. But it's kind of like an amoebic bland 
like no cheekbone having just saw a ghost type of general expression that people in portland have when they see people of color yeah it's just like i don't know what to do and it's just like your face just go their face just goes blank (laughs) and it's not like it's like i don't know what to do it's like a Mm. yield like yielding all human expression oh, in your wow. face. It's just like, Ugh. I think I've seen, I mean, I don't I've, know what I've, to do. I've encountered that expression yeah. a couple of times, yeah, you know, face. because like you look at me, I'm a big dude, man. You know what I'm saying? You see this big giant black dude walking down the street. <laughs> and you're just like, Oh shoot, this guy's going to fuck me up. Yeah, that's, <laughs> their, that's their, yeah. shit. that's their shit. That's their program. I'm the friendliest person you can be. You meet. are. That's what I'm saying. Definitely. It's fucking bullshit. Out yeah. Here. But I get it, you know. I I do look dangerous, which is you know. No, you I don't. Love it. No, I'm talking about my size. Oh, my your size. size. It's, I have an intimidating size. Yes. Yeah, I guess we're just yoked just, over yoke, here. Yoked over here, man. Yoke gang. Dope. So we talked about all the beautiful things that your siblings are bringing into the world, but what is Jermaine bringing into the world, and where are you putting your energy creatively? Oh man. Oh man. I'm glad you asked this question. Um, what am I bringing into the world? I'm bringing happiness, man. I just think that working with people from all walks of life and just helping represent who they are and what they look like and whatever they're trying to achieve uh, for their business or their personal selves, I think that's where I come in and facilitate that. Um, making ordinary people feel, you know, extraordinary. I'm so happy you said that. So that's to me is what I bring to the table when working in this space, especially my black brothers and sisters too, um, because it's a very, it's a hard place to live in because you're constantly adopting an identity that isn't you when you live in this town. You can't express yourself. You have to move passive aggressively, and if anything outside of that is considered a threat. So when you can live in this space genuinely as a person that you are, um, which is what I, you know, I try to achieve every single day of this life um, and maneuver through, I want that to be expressed in the work that I do as well, too. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like people don't know, like, where to find that and to to shine a light and be like hey like this is this is actually an option you don't have to give up who you are no you don't for the means of like achieving a certain end it's like no you can achieve the end that you desire like strictly off of like who you are and, Mm. and highlighting the things that you once tried to hide yeah yeah through which mediums are you mostly expressing these pure intentions um i'm expressing this through uh, photography, also writing. Mm. Um, and I want to get into painting. Nice. I've always loved painters, the way that they use colors to express mm-hmm. emotion, environments. It's just, I don't know what it is. Like they just tap into a different plane and I'm just very enamored with that mm. craft, with that medium. Uh, what kind of stuff would you want to paint? Like what kind of man. like like abstract type no. of stuff or human figures? emotion? Like human emotion because human emotion there's so many ranges and it's always different. It's like listening to music. Mm-hmm. You know we we I mean yeah you have the basics you have anger you have sadness you have joy, um, 
and to see everyone's take on that is always different because mm-hmm. of, you know they use different colors they could use like i love like right now the artwork that you have in your house i'm just like man <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is incredible so i'm surrounded by you know a lot of create uh, a lot of inspiration yeah but yeah just like taking painting would be one of those endeavors where i would love to explore and um you know share my creative talents in, in that area yeah no it's i'm actually like trying to get not trying i'm gonna get back into painting like i just got a studio space nice. first ever studio space and wow. i was like oh shit like i have like room to like bring canvases like that big old yeah. canvas that's on anthony's wall <laughs> yeah. it's still there but still anthony there. we coming anthony, to get it coming to, we coming, coming to get it right now he, hold gonna... up hold tight hold tight <laughs> oh speaking of anthony man that dude is incredible yeah for yeah, sure he's just the amazing. best he's the best like Everybody has to have an Anthony in their life. Oh, my gosh. Like, if you have Anthony in your life, you are surely blessed. Yes. Another person that uh, I also uh, consider to be up there is Hassan. Hassan Thomas. Like, Who's that? You don't know Hassan Thomas? <laughs> no. Oh, my Who's gosh. Who's that? White Hassan, guy? No. Hassan <laughs> 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 Thomas, man. Like, yo. When they say, uh, when I say that I'm a fan of unicorns, that man is a unicorn, for sure. Most and, definitely. Uh, yeah, he's taught me a lot of things. Um, the conversations that we have are very robust. I've learned a lot from uh, this man of forever, you know. He's in my heart. Cherish that dude. Yeah, most definitely. Like, both of the gentlemen that yeah. you, like, expressed. Like, I remember just both of them being like anchors in my own life in Mm -hmm. my own, like, like settling into myself of being like, Oh, like I don't have to like try to be like anybody else at these like big companies. Like fuck them. Mm -mm. Fuck those companies. Like (laughs) for real. (laughs) And like mostly like, like a lot of the, like just the open door policy that Anthony's had from the get go, like zero ego involved, any, Mm -hmm. any little idea I'm like, oh, like I've been thinking about doing this photography thing. And he's like, all right, cool. Like there's the equipment right over there. Just let me know what time you want to come over and will help me in like he shot like my sobriety date photos. Like I can't even I have a million examples and there's the consistency of Mm. just showing up every single time. Yeah. Is, is something that I, I deeply, deeply cherish and something that I wish to provide other people as well. They're both the exemplary, exemplary example of what it means to be a person and be there for others and be a resource, mm-hmm. you know, and not one to be to hoard it to yourself. Like sure. your knowledge, your time, wherever they may be, they always make, they've always made time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate the both of them for that. Yeah. Shout out Hassan. Shout out Hassan. Anthony. Shout out Anthony Taylor. Yeah, and congratulations to the Taylor family. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> congratulations! I didn't know that if that was like you know. Sometimes I gotta be careful what I say on air. Uh no, it was on it was on IG. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we're gonna have like but a yeah, little, little baby him. boy. Yeah. I mean that I don't know if it's out yet. I'm gonna be an uncle again. Nice. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm trying to figure out like what I, what gift I want to get, and I want to oh, I want to get like. I want to do like a little bit later on because it's like they grow so quick. Mm-hmm. But like 
there's the dude online it's called Sia Collective but he makes like it's a black dude from yeah. the bay he makes like shoes he has okay. like his own shoe brand yeah but he always like makes like little like baby shoes oh and wow stuff. cool so I'm like, all right, let's get some. I gotta check let's get out. some sneakers. You better plug their. Uh, you can plug I will. them right. I okay. ordered actually just ordered some some of those shoes. Nice. Like, but they take like six weeks to like, or longer to get here because they have to get like made in the factory. Oh wow! But yeah, I'm probably gonna do like a video or something on on that. Mm. Yeah. Segway. Oh. Segway into shoes. Hey, I love shoes. Are you a shoe head though? I'm are you not just like shoe, are you just I'm like in the city? Head, man. You're like I'm in the city where I'm everybody just, is obsessed with <laughs> shoes. I'm like honestly, I don't give a shit about shoes. I don't like, care. Like I I don't I don't. My care. philosophy with shoes is, it does it fit my personal style? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I also look for comfort now in shoes mm-hmm. too. Whereas before it was just like oh yeah, I just like how cool that shoe yeah. looks. I'm gonna wear it. But now I'm like now I don't even care. I don't care if it's a name brand shoe. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as the price provides comfortability for me mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, covers my feet, that's the essential thing. I'm cool with it. Like, I love sneakers. I think they're dope, especially yeah. when they go out with when they go with your uh, your outfit. Sure. I, I think I think the problem with sneakers that I have is mm-hmm. that like a lot of people have foregone the responsibility of formulating leading an actual personality oh. in explain and put that and put sneaker obsession in place of actually like developing compassion and care for other people or just a valid perspective on a holistic perspective on life like they can just exist in an environment Mm -hmm. where their sneaker choice and taste is just as important as like opening a door for somebody or being engaging in a conversation and asking questions about someone's upbringing or x y and z it's like oh i'm just gonna sit here and just talk about the jordan ones and all that (laughs) kind of stuff and it's like mj should send invoices to everybody in sneaker culture for how much content (laughs) oh and and just like and and just clout and relevance that he's given their lives because it's like outside of leaning Mm. on on the on the reputation of Nike Adidas, big brands and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's like, what if those didn't exist? Like what Man. pillar of influence would you rest on? And, and have you started building your own pillar of ideas and intention and energy and, and what is your legacy yeah. outside of being referential to sneaker culture? Man, you know, that you yeah you took it to a whole different level <laughs> I, I that's can't. what that's what like when you hang out with hassan and shit like that's the, that's the type of shit that comes up yeah <laughs> i would say my only beef with sneaker culture is the stupid resellers man J- that's it that's it that's it that's it because like again i am not one to like obsess over like materialistic things i just think that if you want to get a shoe right like say for example like i'm not even wearing any cool sneakers right now i'm just wearing some basic white converse looking type sneakers right cool when people when i walk outside people are going to automatically think i'm wearing converses but they're not it's the the name brands don't matter to me it's just like if there's a specific sneaker that i want so like say for example like the off-white aj ones right Mm -hmm. fire shoe but does that $1,000 and 200 price tag really justify the price of that shoe? No, it's because the resellers are 
reselling it and making a, a killing off of those shoes. Mm-hmm. They're killing the game for like people that actually want to go out and buy shoes and wear them and enjoy them. Some people just buy sneakers just to have in their closet. Like I've w- watched shows or I mean segments on YouTube, like on the complex sneaker shows. You have like my man from Miami, DJ Khaled, who has a whole closet, a rack full of the same sneakers. Mm-hmm. You know, like three, four pairs. Mm-hmm. And when you try to get those pairs, you can't. You go on Stock X. It's like it's supposed to be what maybe one hundred twenty dollars for whatever pair that he has. Go on there, it's like three hundred fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I or I, I feel you on the reseller thing, yeah. but there's also the people that are just getting them things that they don't even care about like their taste is dictated by the market and what oh, other people about the hype beast yeah well, i'm just talking about, about it it's like the whole thing there's oh, different quadrants of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of it but it's just like oh i'm gonna get that shoe because mm-hmm. everyone else likes it and it's just like like that's that should not be the the guy <laughs> that, like the no. baseline of like what drives your purchases is like yeah. what everyone else likes are you kidding me yeah because now you're you're talking about you know those cats that are are um following trends they're not Mm -hmm. trendsetters you know they don't have their own um they can't make up their own mind of like what interests them so they have to like borrow from other people Mm -hmm. to look cool or to be cool you know what i mean being cool is not being cool you can't like i think being cool is like you don't have to force it you just you follow the beat of your own drum Mm -hmm. you stand outside by yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not I can trying. do that really <laughs> you, well. You know, I, I can do I, that so well. <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot because I, I do um, sometimes go here to here in different circles. You know, um, always I feel like always the one outside looking in some of the times mm. in these groups. So it's just, uh, yeah, there's no point in trying to be cool. And I think those kids that are spending a lot of time trying to be cool waste a lot of time and money mm-hmm. doing that. There's no point. Yeah. And that's all ego based. That's all ego driven. Yeah. But that there's always like those experiences that bring you to your knees and you're like, oh, God, ah! <laughs> 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 these shoes yeah. can't do anything to help me. I'm lost. Help me. That's the like, point. Too like, hopefully, it, hopefully that comes sooner than later. Yeah. That's what I pray for. I'm just okay. like, just have it happen sooner. Don't yeah. don't have that shit like like have your blinders on mm-hmm. like until you're like you're in your mid 40s or later oh, and then you finally like Ooh. take the red pill and then you're like oh fuck I've but been... it's never too late to learn no it's, it's not never too late it's to definitely learn. not never but too late to learn yeah it's yeah we're always we're always over here learning but yeah. some of the lessons i wish i just got earlier a lot sooner i was trying to appease Man. like other people my like whole entire adolescence i was like how can I serve y'all yes. without even considering how I can serve myself? But we're no, you know, uh, if we had the information that we know now back then. Yeah. You know what I needed? I needed some Nigerian parents. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. But yeah, no, it's, I, I, yeah, I would say, uh, being born in that uh being born with people that are advocates for you as an individual for the future like is really important mm-hmm. can't stress that enough um and 
whatever the day might be when I become a parent, I hope that I am also a pillar. I don't even have to be a parent. It's also just people that are coming to my space. I hope that I can guide them the same way that I was guided through mm-hmm. life. Yeah, I think that's like our biggest like opportunity to like influence the lives of someone else like in mm-hmm. a positive way. It's like what higher calling is there than that? It's like it, yeah. life becomes very, very simple when you're of service. It's to like, oh. others. Yeah, when you're of service to others, yeah, you're making an impact on the world, especially if it's a positive one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's why I, I love the uh, pay it forward. Um, even if, like, like, I lent you money or whatever, like, don't even worry about that. There's going to be somebody else that's going to need you in that time. So when they need you, just pay that forward to them and let that be mm-hmm. a cycle and let, you know, teach that principle. I think that creates a domino effect that's going to slowly change the world over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you're going to pay me back, though. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I I know. Well, it could be in different ways, right? Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be money. It could be whatever you that's of value to you or whatever meets your need, because it's like we have needs that are outside of money, you know, monetary things. So. If there's a need that someone can fulfill and you need that and they're able to fulfill it and they're saying like, hey, I know you want to get me. I know you have the best intentions, but even in the event that you can't, but you're there for somebody else, please express that notion to them and let Mm -hmm. them continue to do that, you know, to show that there's still some good in this world where where it's filled with so much bad at the same time. Most definitely message. Yeah. I think, (laughs) I think it's like establishing reciprocity and just having an an exchange. Cause Mm -hmm. it's like, I I think a lot of people were kind of like taught to be, at least myself, like taught to be like a martyr, just give so Mm. much of yourself and just like be of service Mm. to the extent. And they never like expect anything in return. But now it's just like, there's like a vetting system of like, who do I allow into my life? I think everyone needs to practice that discernment. Obviously it's like, Oh, like follow like our hearts and our good intentions to be of service. Of course. Of course. What a a noble deed. But it's just Uh, what I. But there needs to be boundaries at some point. There has to be boundaries, but we have boundaries, right? The the crazy thing is that we create these artificial boundaries. What is even crazier is going to circle back to me going to uh, the house. This conversation is talking about us being good neighbors to one another. You know what I mean? I'm a good neighbor to you, so you need to be a good neighbor to this person, whoever. All of us are neighbors, Mm -hmm. you know, whether we live, wherever we live, whatever country we live in, we're all neighbors. So if I ask you for some sugar and you have some sugar, would you please lend me some sugar? And I say, yeah, I got you. I'll give you some sugar. It just needs to be, it just needs to be reciprocated that way too, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of us being like, ah, man, I don't like that guy Yeah, because he parks funny. Yeah. I'm not going to give him some sugar. Now he's a bad neighbor, you know? So it was just like, yeah, man, we just got to be better neighbors to one another Damn, at the man. end of the day. Is that the episode title? Hey, man, it neighbors? could be. Neighbors. Neighbors? Neighbors? What? That's pretty hard. <laughs> Go get some Rose Leone yeah, t-shirts. t-shirts man. <laughs> neighbors. Yeah. I also want to step into that, too, like um, fashion as well. Fashion, mm-hmm. some more art direction, um, doing like short films and things like that creatively so yeah there's everything like, there's, there's everything, no there's man. no fucking limit there's at no all. limit i'm like i wish i had more time and i wish i had 
a few. I mean, I do have a few of me. Like I have people that I can. You got siblings. I got siblings. <laughs> I have. You got nine I have of them. Si- I have siblings. I can Put them to work. With, you know. I like. I know y'all are busy. <laughs> oh yeah, we will combine. We will combine. We've talked about. We've talked about combining our talents together. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's definitely going to happen. So it's just you know, matter of time, matter of coming together. Sure. Meeting of the minds. Yeah. Who I knows mean, what the future is going to hold, man? Yeah. Honestly. I'm in that same, like, I'm kind of just like, I'm over, like, making things for social media or just, like, yeah. even yeah. considering social media. I'm like, I'm similar to yourself. It's like, I want to paint. Like, I yeah. I just picked up a, an easel from my friend Lakiana's house. Like, I got the Yo, easel. shout out Lakiana. Yeah, shout out Lakiana. <laughs> um, got the easel. I brought two canvases over to the wow. studio. Yeah. Like, I need to pick up my paint from Ant's house. Mm. Um, but it's like I'm about to like just do the thing rather than like sit back and just talk about it. And it's like yeah. having the things like ready and available and like like making things tangible as quickly as possible mm. instead of being instead of saying like, Oh, I wanna do this, I wanna do that. I'm just like, all right, what's the first step? All right, like I need my damn paints and I need my yeah. I need all my things in one place. Mm. Um and then like how do I cut the time to action? Like oh. that's something that I'm like kind of obsessing about like lately is just like the process. Yeah. The process, but just more. So, yeah. Just the doing. It's like, mm. how can I implement? Cause I can talk about like what kind of like commercial or concept I want to do yeah, and what it looks like and whatnot. But it's like, all right, well, when are we shooting? What's the shoot date? Yeah. Who's the crew? <laughs> yeah. Like who's like, who's directing it? Who's producing it? Who yeah. are the, who are the actors in it? Mm. Like getting to that spot. Or at least having the intention of like these are the steps, mm. and if I'm hung up on one step, I know that I have to finish that step to get to the next step, rather yeah. than sitting back and just like having these grand ideas and and stuff like that. I'm yeah, like, it's all. I think too is uh, what I've been what I've been learning about myself is being able to ask for help. Woo! Speak on it. Yeah, like that for me has been a hard thing to do i mean it's it's not a hard the the crazy thing is like it's not a hard thing to do asking for help is not hard to do i don't know what it is about my mind that it ha- for the past few years that i've been on this planet why being self why i always have to be self sufficient you know and it's so it's been difficult for me to ask for help but when you ask for help and you get it, man, it's so relieving. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I always, when I do in the events that I do ask for help, I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? Mm-hmm. Why did I not do this sooner? Because maybe it's me having like trust issues with people or just my pride might be getting in the way. Um, but yeah, for me, for the longest time, asking for help was it ha- was difficult and it's, and it's hard. It's still something that I'm still, you know, learning to reprogram in myself i have that same deal too and i think part of it for me is like if i ask for help then in for some reason i'm not competent in something yeah Uh, yeah i think yes that's something that definitely weighs it's like oh like i i don't want to express to somebody that i can't do that you're inadequate yeah Yeah. that i can't do that and Mm -hmm. like I'm of the mind now where I'm just like, why don't I like ask the person who loves doing that thing or that is extremely yeah. talented at that thing to do what they do best mm-hmm. instead of me just doing it half ass. Like I do other things pretty well. Yeah. It's like, why don't I just be okay at being good at these like 
five things instead of trying to be good at 10 things. Like how Mm -hmm. about like I look around at this beautiful creative community in Portland and be like, oh, those five things that I would honestly like rather hand off to someone else. Mm -hmm. There's someone that's dedicating their life to it that is looking to have more experience in that space. Mm -hmm. Why don't I provide that for them or as, as a question? It's like, hey, would you be willing to like lend a hand on this or how much yeah. like what is your rate or x y and z and involve more people into the vision and then it's like more people more momentum more energy behind something more perspective better product yeah every single time <laughs> yeah no seriously and i think yeah so when it comes to collaborating i think that's beautiful uh i always feel like if we had the equity you know, if we had the funds to actually like relax and do all the creative endeavors that we have in mind, I think the things that we would create would be beautiful. You know, it's just we don't have the resources, you know, to help us uh, create those visions that we have in our minds right now. Yeah, but we do a damn good job with what we have. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> like is, that's the thing it's like that's what thing. we what we create with what we have is like like Just next a, level shit yeah and it's making the impossible possible yeah you know and that's like that's the thing that's ultimately going to usher in the abundance that mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. we're here to claim is is to continue on the mission like there's not going to be a magic thing it's going to be it's going to be like that perseverance it's going to be that next level vision that inspires somebody else yeah like regardless it's like it's ours Mm -hmm. period Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we just have to keep calling it in yes and keep moving in that direction Mm mm-hmm but yeah, there's there's always gonna be haters out there. <laughs> I'm like, you can't you can't stop the shine. No, you can't stop the shine. And a thing that, uh, man, it's crazy because <laughs> I'm not a very religious person. But there's something that I read on this uh, Bible app that I have. Let me see. It's He's like, I'm not religious. I have a Bible app. <laughs> I do, you know, because it does. I mean, there's some like. Um, there's some things that you learn from. Okay, so yeah, for example, I'm going to share this Bible verse for y'all. And it's the verse of the day, and we're talking about this. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John 1.5. Say that again. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Ooh. So I thought it was proper when you said what you said about... There's going to be haters out there trying to block the shot. Yeah, it's so. yeah, it's it's inevitable. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, you know, sharing that is like it's meta, you know. Mhm. It's a meta thing. Uh, yeah, it's meta until it's just like just like your real, ingrained bro. perspective. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like real. it over time it's like it's like a muscle. It's mm-hmm. like what is what are the things that we believe in? Yeah. And like what are we repeating to ourselves? What is our self-talk? Yeah. Like how do we relate to ourselves in this world oh, with man. also still like understanding oh, the treachery that is oh, white supremacy in this country and in the world? It's yeah. it's the wor- it's a worldwide disease. It is. It and is. And it's like, yeah, I know I know it's there. But it's so ingrained in the world right now, Aaron. Like it's so I don't even know if when that uh this hook on the world is going to come to an end. Because it's so ingrained. Like it's not just in America. It's in other countries, too, because, again, remember, America is the most dominant country in the world. 
I mean, that could be past tense now. <laughs> That's true. Shit, That's there true. may not be a <laughs> world might, now. They're talking might. about nukes and shit. Like what? There might not, but that you know that white man mentality still permeates through everything. You know, yeah. Even in, even through like capitalism. Yeah, yeah. It is a mass psychosis. It is. Man. Um, but I think we sleepwalking I think, through it. I talk a lot of shit about social media here, but I think there's a lot of good that's come from it. Like a lot of like the hidden truths of Africa, mm. like all of those types of accounts, like yeah. ancestral wisdom and all that kind of stuff, and just like sit like auditing history yeah. and being like, oh, like I didn't know how much. I didn't know how bad slavery was. I didn't yeah. know how much they lied about yeah, uh, every single things. thing. Like, yeah. but like, I mean, I didn't know there was sugar in potato chips, like <laughs> <laughs> shit like that. But like, but like now it's like we like really have a lot of uh, because now truth infor- seekers it's that because are out there. Information now is you know it's more accessible mm-hmm. in real time, whereas before you you know when we were growing up, we didn't have cell phones. We had landlines. We have phones where you had to actually dial the numbers on physical, you know, keys. That's how old I am. I'm revealing my age right now. But, <laughs> like, we grew up in that generation, and now it's like, even with social media, it's still kind of scary because people can rewrite history right now, mm-hmm. and people have no way of, like, verifying it. Yeah. You know, so it's a double, to me, it's a double-edged sword, but, yes, I do appreciate that a lot uh, more people are making the truth accessible. Because, yeah, it's like you said, I didn't even know. You know what's so crazy? I, for one, did it. uh, Man, I mean, it was like a couple years back, maybe like eight years ago. I didn't know that actual uh, black Americans were actually here in America. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they actually lived here. Because everyone likes to say, like, oh, you know, they were, like, brought Like, every single... Yeah, like, every single, Like, there was not a black person a, in sight type exactly. of shit. Like, it's just like, wait, what? No, that's not true. Like, you see, like, how there, are, there, there were black Native Americans here, you know? So it was just like, whoa, there was a black indigenous people that used to live in America before Columbus came, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, those and those cause, types of things. And then yeah. there's, fo- there's, there's fucking photos, too. Them, it's like, yes, you see it, like, yes. that's... That, <laughs> That yes. ain't like pure Native American. That's mm-hmm. African. That's African, yeah. And it's just <laughs> American. The history, man. History is a uh, yeah. When when uh when uh minor- one minority controls all all of. Anyways, I'm not gonna get into that, but yeah, yeah. Know. We're we're deconstructing <laughs> it with every yeah. single conversation that we have, with every single like piece of art that we make, yeah. every every smile, all that shit. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our beautiful listeners? Um, I think if there's a party message that I have, just love yourself and know that you are worth every single cell in your body and that you are important. There's a lot of, I've lost a lot of people to uh, suicide, addiction, um, and some unfortunate events. Um, Definitely take time to tell the people that you talk to that you love them, spend time with them, hold them, and also reconnect with people that you haven't had the pleasure to spend time with. Uh, We don't have a lot of time on this planet. It's very limited. Time is moving really, really fast. Time moves in waves. So whatever you can do, man, to spread positivity and love and light, do that. Because we don't, you know, each fleeting moment 
passes by every day. Do that, do that, do do that, that, that. Do that, do that, do do that, that, that. Well, thank you, Jermaine. <laughs> hey, thank you for having me, Aaron. It's been a pleasure. And thank you all for listening to Opening Presents. Mm-hmm.